It's Wednesday the 4th of March and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, the sun sets on Super Tuesday. We'll cross to our correspondent in Washington as the results of the biggest vote in the lead-up to the US election trickle in. Plus, China puts the brakes on a diplomatic visit to Japan and Lisbon's battle for a new airport hits turbulence. I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. The biggest vote in the lead-up to this year's presidential election in the United States reached its final stages just hours ago. Super Tuesday sees 14 states cast their ballots. Our U.S. election correspondent Thomas Lewis is following the results as they trickle in. Thomas, what can you tell us? Thank you very much indeed, Ben. Yes, a very warm welcome to you to Richmond, Virginia. I've just stepped outside the official watch party for tonight's proceedings held by the Joe Biden campaign. Things are starting to wind down here, but spirits are still understandably very high. Given that, Virginia, which was one of the first states for its polls to close on Super Tuesday, has overwhelmingly voted for the former vice president. That's notable, it seems, because Virginia, which has one of the largest delegate counts on offer on Super Tuesday, was looking like it was going to offer up one of the closest three-way races between Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders and Michael Bloomberg. Well, throughout the evening, the great and the good of Virginian politics supporting Joe Biden have passed through here. And a little earlier, I spoke to LeVar Stoney. He is the mayor of Richmond and he endorsed Joe Biden some time ago. I asked him how he was feeling at the results from Virginia on Super Tuesday. I'm elated. Uh, about three days ago, 72 hours ago, some thought that the candidacy of Joe Biden was dead in the water. And I think he has proven with big victory, big victory in South Carolina and a victory tonight in Virginia and, in, and to our neighboring state, North Carolina, that he is very much alive. I'm expecting a really good Super Tuesday for the next president of the United States, Joe Biden. As mayor, we deal with different challenges, I think, that some of our friends who choose to be legislators. We have to work on the blocking and tackling, the delivery of services to our residents who pay the taxes, but also we have to be responsible for the uplift of our people as well. So if you are a city that is challenged by poverty, challenged by a lack of revenue, a lack of, of dollars that support some of the programs, you have to be creative and innovative. And I think when you think about the mayoralty as a municipal executive, you want a president who understands the needs and challenges of our cities. We are the hub of diversity and uh, the hub of, uh, of creativity and it's our hope that, you know, as the Democratic Party starts to uh, coalesce around a leader, that they pick a leader that understands cities just as much as they pick a leader who is uh, empathetic to the needs of those who are facing the challenges we face in Eastern counties as well. LeVar Stoney there, the mayor of Richmond. Well, for Joe Biden, who has really seen one of the most remarkable comebacks, I think it's fair to say, of a presidential campaign in recent memory, following his huge win in South Carolina 
on Saturday, a state like Virginia was all important. His campaign will say that it is a state that represents a broader sweep of the electorate at large in the United States. I spoke to Fernando Mercado. He is the Virginia State Director of the Joe Biden for President campaign, and he gave me his reaction to the results here. Voters trust him. They know him. And, and they hear it, you know, from their, from their family, from their neighbors that may not always vote Democrat, that they like Joe Biden. They trust Joe Biden. They've seen his work when he was vice president to President Obama, um, what he did on health care, what he did during the financial crisis, what he did in the Senate against gun manufacturers and fighting the NRA and winning. He has a track record of results, and, and people, people care more about results than they care about plans or rhetoric. Um, and Joe Biden brings results. And then South Carolina started the fire, and Virginia's a wildfire that's going to make Joe Biden the nominee. Fernando Mercado there, Joe Biden's state director here in Virginia. Well, the results are still coming in, and it looks as though both Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden have done extremely well in Super Tuesday. The delegate counts for each victory in each of the states that have declared so far are still being counted. So it may be a little time longer before we know exactly who is ahead in the all-important delegate count. We will have more for you throughout the day on Monocle 24 on Super Tuesday. But for now, from me, Thomas Lewis in Richmond, Virginia, it's back to you in the studio, Ben. Diplomatic relations between China and Japan have recently been looking up, but it now looks like an important state visit may be delayed. Chinese President Xi Jinping's highly anticipated state visit to Japan in early April is expected to be postponed as both countries continue to grapple with coronavirus. The delay will cause disappointment. A Chinese president hasn't visited Tokyo in over a decade and the hosts plan to mark the occasion by signing a raft of new deals. But it shouldn't cause lasting diplomatic damage. Relations between the old foes continue to warm and Japan has been winning plaudits in China for its early show of support during the ongoing health crisis. Tokyo has kept borders open and supplied aid to Beijing, while regional allies such as Russia have been far less neighborly. During a meeting with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe at the weekend, Yang Shichi, a high-ranking Chinese diplomat, reiterated that China's relationship with Japan are maintaining a sound momentum of development. Symbolic events can be important, but in a crisis, practical aid means much more. To Lisbon now, where a battle for the city's new airport is hitting turbulence. Monocle's Carlotta Rabello has this report. Last week, a UK court ruled that plans for a third runway at Heathrow were illegal because they violated the country's commitments under the Paris Climate Agreement. It marked the first such ruling of its kind, and it's having ramifications. This week, the spotlight is on Lisbon's plans for a new airport that has been 50 years in the works. Supporters deem it necessary over safety and overcapacity concerns at the current airport's central location. And Portugal's environmental agency recently greenlit a new location by repurposing an old military base on the south bank of the River Tagos. 
But opposition and environmental critics are now demanding a further review in light of the government's climate goals. It should serve as a lesson for infrastructure planners. Be extra careful in making your case going forward. Thanks to the UK, environmentalists have a new arrow in their quiver. My thanks to Carlotta Rebello. Elsewhere on today's agenda. The organising committee of Tokyo's 2020 Olympic Games last week revealed a set of 73 moving pictograms, which serve as clearly distinguishable icons for each sport. Designed by signage specialist Masaki Hiramura and motion designer Kota Iguchi, the pictograms are made up of dark blue lines and balls against a blank background, which offer a quick display of motion for each sport, including archery and Paralympic tennis. The Japanese duo have designed more than 50 pictograms for the 33 Olympic sports and 23 for use across the 22 Paralympic sports. And what's the best way to sustain a local television industry in the age of global streaming? Two of Australia's major broadcasters are calling for legal quotas of locally produced content to be scrapped after reporting a sharp drop in profits. Australian law requires networks to produce a minimum level of local content, including children's television. But those laws were designed long before the digital age and don't apply to streaming companies. The chiefs of both the seven and nine networks say the cost of producing some content has become unsustainable and they're calling for the local quotas to be axed. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Thursday. <laughs>